0: Twamiva matacha pita twamiva. Twamiva bandhu just a car twamiva. Twamiva vidya dravinam twamida. Twamiva seravam mammote deva. I bow to that one God in all of you. Twamiva bandhu. You are the friend, you are the beloved, you are the companion. You know, satsanga is one of the things that they emphasize in the shastras again and again and again, that satsanga is the most important thing you can do apart from yoga practice. But when you live with worldly people, it's very difficult not to become worldly in one way or another. And you see that even devotees often have sort of a A little veneer of worldliness on them. When you mix with devotees then it becomes easier. You see there's an exchange of magnetism. The kind of people you mix with help to determine the kind of person you are. Now the guru is the most important companion of all, but it is true that the kind of people around you, all of us emanate a certain kind of vibration and the the uh, level of our consciousness affects in a very real way the level of other people's consciousness. You know it's an interesting thing, I had an apartment for several years in San Francisco in California it was a very uh, sort of isolated place, not isolated, there were buildings all around, but a quiet place you really couldn't tell from a noise level much difference between noon Five o'clock and four a.m., but at night, three, four o'clock, there was a peace in the air. Why? Because people's thoughts do emanate; they have a vibration. When everybody was resting in sleep, there was a peace in the whole town that one could feel. It was palpable. I was here the other day when uh, India was celebrating its uh, Republic Day, and. Uh, The 26th of January and I hope I have that word right and I was here in New Delhi I was uh, seeing some of the things on television expert dancing incredibly good but also what impressed me was that I don't watch much television so I didn't watch it just a few minutes but I could really feel a festivity in the air there was sort of a wish to go out and see a movie or go out and have dinner or something Because everybody was celebrating that consciousness was there. Well, when you go to a peaceful place, when somebody asked my guru one time, what is the most spiritual place in America? And he said, I have always considered Los Angeles the Benares of America, or as you call it today, Varanasi. And uh, it's true, when you go to Benares, I mean to, to Los Angeles, there is... In spite of Hollywood, in spite of all the nonsense that goes on there, there is something that has been left in the soil from ancient times that uh, lingers. And, of course, it's also my guru's vibrations, yes, but he said it was that way before he came. That's what attracted him. There is something in the air that uh, every country you go to, I remember... And I've mentioned this before that when I came to India many years ago on a visit and I was in the bus going from Delhi Airport to Kannot Circus and it was late at night all the people in the bus were Westerners I could see nothing outside the window all the impressions were Western or certainly not spiritual and yet I closed my eyes to meditate and I could feel this joy coming up out of the ground now India has that power. This northern India is the yoga Bhumi of India. There is a real vibration here. And when you go to spiritual places, this is the benefit of pilgrimage too. Go to places that people have worshipped God. There is a definite something in the atmosphere. Go to places where saints have worshipped God. Go to places where saints are. Go to places where people together, even today, Worship God, there is something in it. You know, there's a story Ramakrishna told also about uh, um, Chaitanya when he came to a place where they made mridanga drums for chanting. And Chaitanya said, This is the place where drums are made. And he went into ecstasy because he thought of drums, then he thought of the chanting, and then he thought of the ecstasy you feel when you chant. So don't, don't underplay the importance of spiritual influences, spiritual people, spiritual companions, and above all, the importance of guru. Because it's not just that he's a wise man who teaches you good words. In his company, there is a very real vibration. And there's an interesting thing my guru also said, that it is the company you keep that determines whether your feelings will turn toward emotion or toward devotion. If there are emotional people around you, that isn't devotion. Devotion is calm, but it will turn you toward that. When you live in community, that's one reason why it's really important to live in spiritual communities. And up till now, usually ashrams have been for people who are ready to renounce the world as brahmacharis and sannyasis. But uh, I'm trying to create communities where everybody can have that, where the schools can be like that. I have done it in America. I have done it in Italy. I don't see why I couldn't do it here. This is the land where it all began. But you all have to help me. And if we can create such communities, you know, to know that everybody that you're working with loves God, to know that all the people, all your neighbors, love God. They're not playing rock and roll music. They're not making lots of noise. They're meditating, chanting, going eagerly to satsangs where they can have shankirtan sat- have, uh, and meditation together. This is what is so important. Now, I have a couple here who are, are from our community in Palo Alto. Well, Palo Alto is pretty close to downtown in a way. It's a suburb of San Francisco, but there's a great deal of activity there. It's Silicon Valley. This is where all the computer stuff goes on. And yet we have a community there. It's like a little oasis in that busy, busy community, just a couple of blocks away, the cars on El Camino Real just dashing back and forth. And yet in this community, you just walk onto the property and you feel peace. Once I came back from a trip abroad and I uh, came to our community in Ananda Village and I went for a walk and I walked off the property and then when I came back, without even thinking, I said, oh, it suddenly feels so peaceful. And I looked around me and I saw we had just crossed our property line. These places are blessed. They're blessed by the consciousness of the people there and it's, it's a very strange thing that the property line should do it, but it did do it. I don't know why. You figure that one out. But the, uh, the places that are, that are sanctified, they have a certain enclosure of joy. There's a saying here that I would like to read, though, that sort of helps round this thought out. Bernard, he was a fellow disciple, asked the Master, What is the best way to transform emotion into devotion? The company you keep, Master replied, will determine in what direction your feelings develop. In the company of devotees, those feelings will more easily become devotional. Master, pursued the disciple, what if I'm alone? For instance, when I meditate? Am I not always with you? The Master replied with a loving smile. This is the most important satsang you can keep of all. Chant to God. Keep the presence of God. And if you have a guru, remember his presence. Cling to his feet. You know, one night it was a very interesting thing. There was a song of mine that somebody had said would be a very, uh, might be something that somebody would. Pick up and use. Well, I've tried to make my songs well known because that they have a message that will change people's lives. They're sort of you might say painless Vedanta or yoga, and uh, because the message is all very spiritual. Anyway, I I wanted to go to see this person, but he was in a nightclub area in San Francisco on Broadway, and. Uh, I well before I went I was just I chanted and meditated and when I went out to this district I was just all the way talk just in my heart and even actually literally singing Sri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram Om Sri Ram Jai, Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram Om and I felt so much bliss in myself and I was passing these nightclubs and I could feel the energy there trying to draw me in, but it just rolled off me like water off a duck's back. It didn't have any effect on me at all. I felt so much joy. Well, you can go in the worst places if you keep your own real cloak of sanctity and peace around you, but um, if not, then what you need to do is... uh, have the thought that, that uh, be with other people. Spend as much time as you can with devotees, and don't be satisfied with thinking that, well, you're strong in yourself, you should be strong in yourself, and therefore you can be, because uh, the actual secret, I'm looking at this because the name of the song that I have is a different one from the one they put up there as a crib, but if you understand that all your, uh, your companions are friends in God, you know, even people can be a kind of sadhana for you. It's so wonderful to look around among a community of people and see each one with, on a different ray of divine love. Each one smiles in a different way. Each one has a different kind of consciousness. Each one... Um, has devotion, or peace, or wisdom, or dispassion. It's a wonderful thing. To mix with devotees is by no means boring. It's mixing with people who aspire to the heights. And the more you come to the heights, you know, there's very interesting in the Bhagavad Gita, in the first chapter, it says that our side, of which Bhishma is the general, is difficult to count. Their side is easy to count because the Pandavas are few, the good qualities are few, but the negative qualities, the qualities of of delusion, are endless. Duryodhana had a hundred brothers, Dittarashtra had a hundred sons, and uh, the ways of error are innumerable. And so you tend to think, the worldly mind tends to think, sort of like a story that my Guruji used to tell of somebody who died and went to heaven, and a friend of his went to the wrong place and phoned him one day, and he said, well, what do you all do up there? And he said, well, in the morning we uh, pray, chant, and meditate. Well, for heaven's sake, what do you do in the afternoon? Well, we pray, chant, and meditate. You know, for God's sake, what do you do in the evening? Well, for a change, we meditate, and then chant, and then pray. And the The uh, man down in the wrong place said, Oh, you ought to come down here. We have lots of fun. Well, this is the world, the image of heavenly consciousness. How boring. But it's so, really, it's such a delight that is always, it just sort of permeates everything you do, so that everything you see, everything you experience, it's a thousand times more delightful. Don't ever think that the spiritual teachings are a drag and... You want a little excitement, so turn on the television and see what's happening there in uh, Las Vegas or whatever, because really even though the virtue of peace and calmness and humility doesn't look like much, but each one is a window onto infinity, and the thrill of living in divine consciousness is infinite and ever new, as my Guruji put it, whereas There are hundreds of ways of erring, and each one duller than the other. Just look. All you have to do, mind you, the world gives us a wonderful laboratory, because all you have to do is look at the people in this world. Are they happy? No, they aren't. There's bitterness, there's disillusionment, there's disappointment. And I've seen how often people, by the time they're 50 or 60, They don't have a light in their eyes anymore. One time I was on a television station in Rome, Italy, and uh, I was 55 when I gave this program, and the manager afterwards said to me, he said, it's indecent. He said, you're at your age and you don't have these lines on your face of suffering and misery and disappointment. Well, why should I have? Life is a joy. Here I am 78 and it's still a joy. You don't have to feel that as you get older you get sicker because there is joy all the way through life. Mind you, you die, you come back, you start all over again. Life, you're just as old as Brahman, really. You have no age. But it looks as if you were born. A little squabbling, puking baby in a crib and now suddenly you're older and I'm old and who thinks of it as old? We're all eternal. We have no age. Live in the consciousness that all people are God and then live with those who have that consciousness because others will try to drag you down. So when when we sing this song, Brothers, it's something to understand that not everybody understands that principle. Try to mix with people who really do feel the brotherly oneness of man because it's so lovely to see people from many different countries all living in harmony, all living to help each other, all living to support each other. No gossip, concern, yes, for helping people, but only help, only support. Be the brother and sister to everybody and look upon them as that. When you can see God in all, then you have him. Joy to you. Many countries and mixed with many men, I've shared their days of sunshine, gone with them in the rain. The fires at evening said we were brothers, the fires at evening said we were. A soldier I saw weeping Beside a dying friend My officers had preached I must hate him till the end But seeing his grief I knew we were brothers But seeing his grief I knew we were Brothers A man sat on Charmer fears away. A stranger he, but love made us brothers. A stranger he, but love made us brothers. One day I climbed a mountain with friends of other lands. The words we used were different, but joy one understands. Our gladness in God's world made us brothers. Our gladness in God's world made us brothers. Though words and customs vary like waves upon the sea, one life beneath the surface finds everyone to me. Who knows himself, knows all men as brothers. Who knows himself, knows all men as brothers. Then brothers, why endeavor to set ourselves apart? The fences we've been building squeeze tight upon our hearts come sing the truth that all men are brothers come sing the truth that all men are